Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And in this one-off episode of the pod, you're going to hear our take on the year that was 2021, recorded from our 2021 Wrapped event earlier in the week. Joining me to add their subject matter expertise into our annual oral melting pot is our Head of Measurement and Research, Elizabeth Lane, Christy Dennehy-Neal, the IAB's Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs, and ad tech consultant, Tina Lakani. If you've tuned in to hear us mull over the predictions we made in 2020, like, will this year be the year of the fringe? Frankly, you may as well stop listening now. But if you're into HFSS, SME and ads.txt, as well as wanting the latest take on our award-winning research, then sit back and enjoy this special extended episode. We started with me putting to Elizabeth that our major research project, Real Living, proved that it was once again the year of mobile. Real Living was one of the biggest pieces of research I think we've done for a long, long time. Um, And yes, it did. I mean, the smartphone was the centre of everything that consumers are doing. So we were looking basically at what what do consumers' digital lives look like in 2021, which is quite a brave undertaking given Mm. that it was a very, very complicated landscape anyway. And then obviously we were in the middle of COVID when we started it. But yeah, I mean, we tracked 13 different media activities in real living from uh, using a search engine all the way through to gaming and the smartphone was at the heart of everything. But what I think was actually more interesting than that, because that wasn't hugely surprising, was the fact yeah. that we're doing so much more than that. And Real Living was just showcasing the broad range of things that consumers are doing now. I mean, things like the fact that on average, we use five digital devices every day across the board, including yeah. our, our, you know, the oldest uh, members of the population using five devices. Um, yes, it is a sort of smartphone centred world, but there's so much more that we're all doing now. And that has huge implications for our members um, and really exciting opportunities for them. You talked about old people. There was there, there was some lovely data around old people. And in fact, went so far that um, perhaps we'll come on to talk about you come in a minute, but they've actually changed a bit of the age category as well. Absolutely. I mean, I, yes, I, I always want to say old oh, people lightly because we're talking, you know, don't offend anybody. But hey, um, yeah, so UCOM, who um, who provide the industry standard data on online audiences, and um, they, they regularly look at um, the population of the UK to make sure that they're representing the, the right online population. And they actually have to change um, their baseline this year because more over 75s have joined the online population than any other age group because of covid so they had to change their baseline because yeah that oldest the oldest group of um consumers and audiences in the uk are now online more than ever uh, and it would be a bit like asking you to pick a favorite child but obviously we did sort of four stems of the research uh, uh, uh before doing a sort of a final wrap-up did you have a favorite within those four? Oh, did I? I don't think i did have a favorite i think they all had their individual yeah just because you can't have a favorite child um but but what was what was it really interesting with some of the themes that were coming through through all of them so mm. yeah we we well, it was sort of five releases actually because we had our four specialists mm. throughout the year and then we wrapped it up recently with sort of what we learned overall and some of the themes that were coming through all of them were well as we've just been talking about the fact that we're doing so much more than we ever were before, but the new audiences and sort of the myth busting that Real Living has uncovered in terms of the over 55s being in a lot of ways, 
the retail, for gaming, the mainstream yeah. audiences who we should be looking at um, when we're thinking about who to engage with online. Um, changing those perceptions of who the people are online and what they're doing, I think was really interesting throughout all of those specialisms that we did. Uh, the jewel in the IAB crown that is ad spend uh, was, uh, I remember it being quite a fraught moment seeing what was going to happen with the number, particularly obviously where we were uh, last year, but it was good news. It was. And yeah, you're right. I mean, we released it in April. We weren't quite sure what we were going to see. We were looking back on a year where the previous April, when you know, the, when yeah. we were sort of doing it before, we almost hushedly, we didn't really want to promote ad spend because we were yeah. talking about this amazing industry of 2019. And April 2020 was just, you know, horror show of COVID at the time, wasn't it? We, none of us had any loo roll. But this year... <laughs> What we um, what was really great was that we did see still growth. I mean, it was the it was the slowest growth we've seen for a long time, five percent. We'd seen double digit growth for a long time, but given the year we'd had, I mean, yeah. that's just a phenomenal achievement. And the number it just baffles me to have to say the number every time, but sixteen point five billion pounds in revenue is just enormous. And we always when we're sort of looking at it, we we, we also look at how does that compare to what's going on in the UK economy mm. and. Um, always and even during COVID, um, digital advertising really sort of overperformed compared wow. to the rest of the economy. It was brilliant, really, really, really strong performance. And we should we should sort of glimpse into twenty twenty two and um, ad spend still going to be this phenomenal beast, but sort of you know even better next year. Even better. So yeah, ad spend is has been revamped. It's bigger and better than ever before. Um, <laughs> And we've got lots more coming out. So we'll have the, the same sort of four-year report that we, we always have looking at the the, in, the industry for the year before, um, but we're capturing more than ever. So we're, we're going to look again at things like programmatic um, uh, advertising and where that where that where where the revenue is there. We're capturing more and more different areas of advertising than we've ever done before. Um, and of course, if the half year is anything to go by, which looks yeah. a, a very, was a very positive first six months of this year, then the full year numbers should be quite positive again. So yeah, fingers crossed, it's going to be great. We could um, be having a 20 billion year. Would it be safe to say perhaps? I, based I on think it year. could be. Lots of the predictions are showing, yeah. something. Like Lots that. of the yeah. predictions in the IAV heights <laughs> office are oh, 20 billion he can he can get closest and we should just we should just go back to talk about um ucom actually because um there was sort of changes for ucom as well oh yeah it was great so we um launched the year in january with a new provider in ipsos um and they they provide the data for ucom via ipsos iris and it's just brilliant they give us so much more industry data mm. on online audiences than we've ever had before we have daily data now so you can every day see the difference it's making including day parts and I they, they're coming out with some really interesting snapshots of what's going on online I saw a really funny article recently about um how the ABBA tickets that went on sale caused this enormous boost <laughs> For like a very short window of a day um, on Ticketmaster uh, and by the audience by a different audience again. So you know we're talking about we're seeing lots of different trends coming through. And yeah, the uh, Ipsos providing the data is just giving us so much more. And there's more to come next year as well. Oh, brilliant! We doing more video measurement, uh, measuring children for the first time. So yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. We've got Ipsos on board. Amazing, wonderful little tease there for next year, um, Christy. Uh, it's been all about that acronym again, hasn't it? Uh, HFSS. Yes, everybody's favourite acronym, um, <laughs> which I think, you know, was was very much around also uh, uh, last year as well, mm. but continued this year. Yeah, so um, 
The big kind of news, I suppose, with HFSS this year was the government confirming that, yes, it was going to enact um, a ban for online ads for um, certain HFSS products, as well as uh, TV watershed. So that's occupied um, a lot of our time Mm. this year, both in terms of trying to understand uh, the scope of the ban and what its implications would be, because it's not as ever as straightforward as it sounds. Um, there's still a lot of the detail is yet to be worked out, a lot of uncertainty around it, which I know is for, has been very frustrating for members. And we've been working hard behind the scenes to try to push to get that detail confirmed uh, as soon as, as possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's definitely been another <laughs> HSS year uh, buzzword. And I guess it's worth, say, worth saying, you know, very different from some of the other very outward facing stuff that we do. A lot of the work that you do is behind the scenes and is you going around talking to lots and lots of members to, to form opinions or whatever doing like we don't we don't see all of the sort of working out it's not like a jazz hands engage or something <laughs> um, but but people don't see that but it's been a busy busy year. Uh, what else has been going on? Yeah, so so you're right. I mean, uh, lots of behind the scenes um, activity and, and particularly sort of talking to um, MPs about the industry's concerns about HFSS as well as, as other things as well. Um, but, you know, kind of that's that's sort of very much our, our bread and butter as well. So we, we do, um, you know, we spend a lot of time making contact with MPs, talking to them, helping them to understand the industry and what our needs are. Um, And we had a really great opportunity at the start of the year to do that, actually, with our um, SME research um, Mm. team led. So um, that um, produced some really interesting findings that that gave us an opportunity to actually go and talk to SME, to MPs, about the huge benefits that digital advertising has for SMEs, which is really very pertinent for them because MPs, of course, represent their constituencies and their local people and their local businesses. So it was really something that resonated really well with them. Um, So yeah, having that kind of data, that information, being able to show them what we were doing um, to help their local businesses was really valuable. And and powering up, as we called it, um, uh, Elizabeth, did it it deliver on, on what you always thought it would? Uh, oh, absolutely. And we had so much pickup and, and other organisations like the Federation of Small Businesses were mm. really, really pleased to see us doing all of that work. And it was just such a pivotal moment to do it. Um, so much so that actually hot off the press, uh, yesterday we won um, a Market Research Society Award. It's the professional body for market research, so like the creme de la creme of the research world. And the um, yeah, the SME Research uh, won an award for the best uh, business to business research Amazing. this year but more so I say than just the research which of course was very good um, and <laughs> the realization of it, it was the tool that we created which is a real yeah, yeah, yeah. congratulations to the members because it was a member-led tool we couldn't have built it without their input into how small businesses can benefit from different channels of advertising we needed their expertise and and that's really what we won the award for yesterday so um yeah a big congratulations to all of our members for helping us on that wonderful it's the industries award uh and it's mega easy i mean the tool basically if you're an sme and you want to find out how to advertise you know you answer a bunch of questions and we spit you out an appropriate answer and you're right there's loads and loads of information there the award-winning uh powering up i should say um uh, christy we should talk a bit about the ico as well i know that was a massive massive focus in in 2020 what's been happening on that front this year 
So, yes, 2020, um, we had a kind of flurry of activity at the start of the year. Then um, the events of the pandemic meant that mm-hmm. the ICO sort of shifted its focus and had to reprioritise its resources elsewhere. Um, and then this year, earlier earlier this year, at the beginning of this year, um, the ICO kind of said it would be refocusing back onto ad tech, um, follow-up work from its 2019 report, and, and that that would take the, the form of sort of behind the scenes. Again, you were saying earlier, a lot of this sort of work is, is behind the scenes. So they were going to be running a series of um, audits uh, of individual companies. Um, and we had a member event where the ICO kind of came and explained what, what they'd be doing and, and what they'd be looking at. So that work has been um, going on throughout this year, but uh, we haven't seen the kind of culmination of it yet. So uh, perhaps something that we expect to see uh, or hear more from the ICO on um, next year. Um, but they haven't, uh, as ever, been sitting on their hands. Um, and just very recently, the um, Information Commissioner published an opinion, um, which is kind of like a, a formal, has, has some formal weighting to it, sort of slightly stronger than guidance. And right. Is something that the ICO can take into account if it's um, carrying out kind of enforcement action and things like that but his opinion was was kind of prompted i think by the changes to um to ad tech particularly around user id and Mm -hmm. and solutions being developed um to address uh, the deprecation of third-party cookies um and so this was the ico i think really um setting out its stall in terms of its expectations for uh, new technologies new developments new solutions in ad tech um Essentially, what what they said was nothing particularly new, uh, but it was very much reiterating what it what the ICO's views are of kind of the, the current way that ad tech works and the, and the, yeah. some of the risks that arise from that and how they need to be managed, um, and then being really clear that you know the kind of all the core data protection principles that apply uh, from GDPR from e privacy legislation. St- Still are the core ones that any new yeah. solutions have to have regard to. And, and really the, the, the key message is that they have to be built in from the beginning. So data protection by design by default is a real yeah. core principle of GDPR. And I think the, um, the ICO is, is very much, you know, uh, it's clear message is if you are starting something new, you're developing something new, then you absolutely have to build in all the compliance from the start yeah, and have on. to think about how new solutions can address some of the risks and issues that were present uh, with kind of current technologies and current ways of working. Yeah, well, it's such a good point. And <clears throat> I guess you can, you know, um, you can frame this as an opportunity as well. Like if you if you could create some sort of tracking mechanism, if cookies never existed, I, I doubt very much in this day and age whether you would create something like the cookies. So um not just because Google are deprecating them, but um, actually just from a regulation point of view, it's really important that we don't fall into the trap of creating something that sort of looks, feels, smells a bit like cookies again. We need to do things slightly uh, slightly differently. I wanted to ask you about a couple of other things as well. Scam ads, um, sort of slightly more recent as well. What's going on there? Yeah, so scam ads is, is something that's kind of, uh, there's a lot of debate, a lot of scrutiny, um, a lot of exploration of the issue of scam ads at the moment um, through kind of various different channels. Um, it's something that um, is, is has kind of come up in the context of the online safety bill, mm-hmm. um, which is a bill kind of 
Well, as it kind of says on the tin, um, looking to introduce measures to uh, keep users safe online, um, but it's focused primarily around sort of user-generated content and, and sort of user-to-user harms, mm. as it were. Um, <clears throat> there has been a lot of pressure for scam ads to be uh, included in that legislation. Um, there's also been the Treasury Select Committee that's been looking at the issue. And, you know, to, to the, uh, in response, I think, to some of what Elizabeth was saying earlier about what our real living research showed, you know, people are spending more time online, yeah. more people are online and spending more time online, um, which means there are more opportunities for criminal actors to exploit digital advertising in order mm. to scam people. Um, <clears throat> it's an issue that the uh, you know industry has worked hard for a long time to try to uh, minimise the opportunities for fraudsters and criminals to enter the the system in the first yeah. place to, to try and keep the you know to keep them out and where they are present to try to disrupt them. But it's it, you know criminals are very smart um, technologically. They're very savvy. They find ways around um, you know all the safeguards all the time. So it's a constantly shifting and moving challenge. Um, but it is very um, you know a very serious issue, um, and we're working really hard with members to look at ways that we can improve some of those securities and protections to yeah. ultimately to protect consumers. Um, we don't think um, that trying to legislate against this in the online safety bill is the, is the right way forward. We think mm. that there are, there are better ways to address the problem. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that we'll, we'll see more from the government on um, when it publishes the online safety bill, um, which potentially before the end of this year or more likely early next year. Mm. We are almost at the end of the year. I mean, it's kind of incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you about was about some of the stuff that's coming out of DCMS. But 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 also, I'm sort of fascinated by this challenge that, you know, there's a reshuffle and suddenly all the personnel change and all the relationships that you kind of build up. Do you really end up sort of starting again or are there civil servants that you're sort of connected to? I mean, it, it must be tough. Yeah, I saw a wry smile there from Elizabeth. <laughs> Having worked uh, in government, who knows what my answer is going to be? Um, it, it is difficult. It is. Uh, it, it's you know, it's hard for the civil servants for a start when there's a reshuffle because you know they've got a job to do then to mm. educate their new ministers. Um, but yeah, it, it does make our job uh, more complicated um, because you know we do spend a lot of time and effort building up relationships, <clears throat> uh, helping um, you know get the industry voice and, and position across to ministers who are making really big important decisions yeah. that you know will affect mm. our industry. Um, so when the ministers change and you have to kind of start from scratch, that that that's you know, creates a bit of a, a bump in the road. Yeah. Um, and at the official level as well, there's not a huge amount of continuity, uh, unfortunately, um, there either. So um, we do have to do quite a lot of starting from scratch, um, yeah. which makes it a bit tricky to, to move the debate on. But, you know, yeah. I guess that's, that's our role. You know, that's what we're here for. Yes. Uh, so we'll continue to do that. I think really... The, the tricky bit now, I think, when we think about DCNS is they're due to publish a uh, consultation as part of the online advertising programme about what, what their proposals will be for the future of, of regulation for digital advertising. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of those kind of shifts and changes in personnel mean that, <clears throat> um, you know, building up the knowledge uh, the knowledge base and kind of for them to kind of have some sort of institutional knowledge about the sector yeah. 
how it works is, is a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be really critical uh, with that work going forward. So, yeah, we, we've got plenty to do still in that yeah. space next Wonderful. year. Wonderful. Uh, and we should... Uh, and, and finally, you are empire building as well. The policy and regs team is expanding and getting bigger. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. now three of you in, instead of two, which probably <laughs> speaks to the, the, it's the a very extra small empire. <laughs> but, you know, much has been done with few people. Yes, no, it's great. We've got um, extra strength in our, in our team now, and um, so um, hopefully uh, better prepared for the challenges that next year is going to throw at us. Amazing. Sounds like uh, they will be as busy as you have been uh, this year. Uh, but members are in safe hands, which is wonderful. Um, Tina, I suppose welcome back, even though you've never really left us. <laughs> no, I've not. I've not left, James. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's good to be continuing to be part of these sessions. Uh, we can't not talk about uh, post cookie and everything that's happened and identity. I mean, again, um, similar to HFSS, this isn't something that's just happened this year. This has been a much longer bit of work, but um, give us the kind of 101 explainer on where we're at right now with, with identity. Yeah. So uh, again, like I think starting since last year, it's been a huge priority for IB UK and this year continuing to be so as well. Mm. Uh, And this year has been quite a busy year on the topic of user ID. Um, Last year, I think was like very much educational based, like what are the changes? What does this mean? Uh, And a lot of questions, whereas this year, the conversation has started to move on uh, and industry solutions are are starting to, to be built. Um, and actually, uh, if we look at especially earlier in the year, there was kind of a lot of a lot of things happening within the space of user ID. So um, earlier this year in March, Google um, made an announcement that they won't be supporting uh, user IDs within their own ad stack. And there was some, some work that we had to do, like with working with members to enable like a, a responsive forum with them at that time. Uh, and then in April, we had the release of iOS 14. So essentially bringing uh, disruption to identifiers within the in-app world, uh, bringing that to the industry as well. And then uh, really, it's just like the, the first half of the year was, was quite busy. And then in June, um, Google made the announcement that they'll be delaying the deprecation of the third-party cookie within Chrome uh, until 2023. Um, and though, while this still remains a really important subject, and we really want the industry to continue with the momentum that had like built in the start of the year, yeah. because really, there was so much happening. And it was so, it was so great to see how productive the conversations were. <laughs> Um, but what I would say is that we definitely are seeing that there is less uh, momentum within these conversations. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of companies spending more time uh, to test solutions that they are that they're already integrated with and comparing using this time to compare uh, the outcomes of uh, testing new solutions against mm-hmm. the results that they're getting when cookies are available. Um, and I think that next year is going to continue to be really important for us to be able to share some of the results for yeah. uh, for what's coming out of those tests, like really providing proof of concept of some of the solutions that are being tested out there. And while we do have uh, cookies available in some environments, you know, using that data to kind mm. of uh, help us support and understand what works best and, and what are the ways that we can uh, continue to do some of the important functions that we rely upon in a more privacy conscious way. Yeah, and probably speaks a little bit to what Christy was talking about with um, with, with the ICO announcement. Um, uh, and you know, sort of what's what's ha- what's been happening in the background. I mean, there's lots of talk about things like you know, Universal ID 2.0. There's a bunch of other solutions as well. Um, it, it can be quite a noisy space in terms of maybe for an advertiser who's just thinking, okay, these things are going away, but I've got another year of grace not to think about it. What what are the practical things they can be doing? I mean, you talked about testing. That's really important, yeah. right, while you still have cookies. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a really important question because, um, and I think that is part of the reason of why, um, you know, it's it's the momentum perhaps has slowed down is because mm. it is a really tricky space to navigate and there are so many solutions uh, being developed and talked about, but it's, it's actually quite a minefield to be able to get your head around. Uh, and actually that ties into a part of the work that we've done this year. So uh, we had launched a user ID hub last year, uh, but we kind of relaunched it with more invigoration and power this year, uh, where we've we've launched kind of um, a bit more of a narrative around the subject of user ID. So I think we've kind of really found where we could add a lot of value. What I was seeing in industry conversations is that often you're joining conversations and they're quite repetitive and you have to go through the basics before being able to move on to uh, the main part of the conversation. And then you, you probably don't have enough time to, to go into the weeds of it. So we, um, as part of our user ID hub, uh, launched kind of... Um, uh, well, essentially, the, the structure of the user ID hub talks a lot about kind of the background and the basics around um, what the cookie changes and the deprecation of identifiers actually means within within uh, different environments, how that's going to impact your business, what are the main kind of functions that you rely upon within digital advertising that are going to be affected. Uh, and then we go into a lot of the background around why is this disruption actually coming? Mm. So tying a lot to what uh, Christy was talking about around uh, rising data and privacy regulation, um, not just in the UK, or, but also around the world. Yeah. Um, and then we start to go into, and this is where I find the work to be like really, really interesting and actually really helpful, is starting to like bucket out um, what different solutions look like and what different solutions fit in different areas. Yeah. I think that one thing that there are many... Uh, well, I think we over the year, we've done a good job in, in the industry kind of coming forward to understand a bit better, like a more unanimous idea of what the future Internet looks like. Mm. Um, and I think that the 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 user ID hub does a really good job of uh, explaining how different solutions work together and why it's important to have a portfolio of solutions as opposed to investing right. in right. different areas. So I think that, yeah, definitely uh, trial and testing and uh, using this opportunity while you still have cookies to, to get the results that you need and, and collect the data that you require. Um, but also taking this time to understand uh, what the future of the internet looks like and why it's important to invest in a portfolio of solutions uh, and then preparing your business accordingly to that. And if you've not already, you need to go and look at the user ID hub. Exactly, yeah. that's number, one, all the number one action point. <clears throat> that's going to have all the answers that you need. Um, uh, you talked about iOS 14 um, as well, which I'd circled. I mean, that was a sort of a slight curveball that came out as well. Just as we were wrestling with, with cookies, this kind of came, and I know we had lots and lots of conversations about it as well. Um, I, I'd love to get your take on the work that we've been doing as part of the ISBAR task force as well. You know, a report that, um, um, you know, has had an impact on um, all, all, all members that are working in the programmatic space. How's that been going over the last year? Yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, the background for those who, who didn't see the report, ISBAR last year had uh, released results of a study that they had done uh, investigating the costs of uh, the supply chain. And as part of that, I identified that uh, there was a kind of 15% delta, uh, unknown delta, as they described it, essentially 15% of... Um, 15% of the uh, money being invested in the supply chain was difficult to track where that where that money was going. Uh, and off the back of that research launched a task force, an ind a cross-industry task force, which IAB uh, were a part of, along with uh, a number of our members that represented mm. different parts of uh, the supply chain. Um, I think one of the really important parts of uh, the results, or one of the really important reasons why that task force was required is that um, in conversations with partners that were involved in the study, what we found is that actually 
the 15% that was unaccounted for, perhaps a, a really large proportion of that actually came down to uh, it, it being really difficult to be able to t- do end-to-end tracking of an impression. Yeah. Um, and actually that there needed to be more standardization around um, what are some of the um, fields that we're using within our bid requests and uh, what are some of the... Um, what are some of the standards that we can put in place um, to make end-to-end tracking and um, end-to-end matching uh, more successful and easier for, for auditors? Um, and that's a really large part of actually the work stream that Christy and I have both been a part of. Um, there was an ad tech side uh, part of it where we were working with um, uh, product marketers, uh, sorry, right. uh, product managers and engineers. Mm. And then we also had uh, very much the legal side of the conversation uh, because there's kind of two parts of the challenge. One is kind of, uh, the challenges that there are in in being able to access data from like um, accessing data from like a, a legal and uh, like rights and personal data perspective, and then also kind of the um, the difficulties, the challenges that there are from a like a, a data standardization yeah. point of view. So um, yeah, that was a, a really large part of our focus this year was being part of that task force and, and working with our members um, as part of it, and uh, it's actually. Um, I believe we've got a meeting coming up in the next couple of weeks to, to finalize some of the work that came out of that. But uh, essentially, we got a, a really good way in uh, being able to create some standardization that hopefully we should see yeah. more work on next year. And I think it's important because um, you could read the 15% delta and, you know, take it that there's malpractice mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, you know, deliberately evading and tracking when, you know, you sort of you get into the weeds of it, and actually, it just needs a a, a solution, uh, which is which is really really important. Um, you've left us as kind of an IAB sister, but maintained as an IAB cousin, I suppose, because you've uh, you're you're now at Tech Lab. T- tell us a bit about the work um, Tech Lab are doing, and then I guess how you cross over with with us as a as an IAB as well. Yeah. So, um, so actually, the role uh, came about, and uh, you know, I've been working within my role as I was uh, formerly head of here at IB UK. Uh, was working quite a lot with Tech Lab anyway, and so the, the role kind of felt like a, a natural trans- transition, and it kind of lends its way of, of how I continue to work across both organisations. Um, so, as you mentioned, like Tech Lab are a sister company to IAB, um, but whereas uh, IAB UK are focused on like local standards and local kind of lobbying with governmental research. Um, IAB Tech Lab are more focused on global technical standards for the industry. And what I was noticing uh, more and more in my work, and actually even in conversations and work that I do with Christy, for example, is that uh, a lot of the times we're talking about kind of big industry problems um, and uh, how, uh, yeah, big industry problems and and what are some of the solutions that we need to uh, have in place to address them. And then uh, we would do kind of some, a lot of work and research and speak to our members and they'd be like, but there's a Tech Lab standard that does that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, so a large part of what I want to be doing next year um, as part of my role with Tech Lab, it's around raising awareness, mm-hmm. simplifying their standards and making it more understandable to, to a wider audience. Um, but from an IAB UK perspective is, is how do we uh, drive adoption of those standards in the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they really are important in addressing mm-hmm. uh, some of the key issues uh, that, that Christy was talking about. And there's a whole bunch of amazing stuff coming out on CTV as well uh and of course if you're on this call and you're an ib member membership is free courtesy of ib uk uh for tech lab which is really important as well um lastly then um your uh which would be your mastermind specialist subject is the gold standard uh which we should which we should talk about you must be missing the gold standard a little bit i do i i i really love the gold standard i think it's like one of the 
best industry initiatives that are out there and do, does a phenomenal job of, mm. of driving adoption of industry standards and celebrating companies that adopt best practice. Um, so we currently have, I think it was when I was looking at it uh, earlier today, it was like 91 companies certified for the gold standard, which just shows like how, what an enormous, um, you know, impact it's having on the industry and some really big company names that are part of it. And I believe we have, I think it's like 15 uh, advertiser supporters, yeah. like global household names um, supporting the gold standard as well. So yeah, really a fantastic uh, uh, initiative for IOB UK and for the industry as a whole. And what changed this year? Because we bought in 2.0, didn't we? What, what, and, and we're asking people to recertify. And I guess if you're uh, you're on here and you don't think you're 2.0, then you then you should then you should do. But what was the what was the change, and why did we ask people to do that? Yeah, so um, so actually the, the change to 2.0 launched last year in mm. September um, and the change to 2.0. So I guess actually just for, for background for anyone who's who's new to the gold standard, it's a certification program where we uh, drive adoption of industry best practices and certify companies that are adopting uh, best practice within the industry. Um, and last year, we, we, when we launched the gold standard, actually, it was always with the promise to evolve it yeah. uh, to make sure that it continues to meet current industry needs. Uh, and in September last year, we launched gold standard version 2.0 which introduced a new criteria to uh, encourage companies to adopt best practice when it came to data and privacy uh, and that was by uh, driving adoption of IB Europe's transparency and consent framework Mm -hmm. Um, and with that so a large part of our focus this year has been around um, driving companies to uh, ramp up their certification from uh, 1.1 which was the previous version to now 2.0 And again, like as part of our conversations this year and a huge part of our focus um, has been around how how do we move the gold standard to the next level? Our long term goal is for companies who are part of the gold standard. So companies who are doing good to be financially rewarded. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this year, a large part of the conversations that we've been having with our members is how do we actually move that needle? How do we ensure that spend is being directed to companies who are who are gold standard and who are doing good within the industry? Um, And so as part of that, we've had conversations with our members around um, private marketplaces that they can set up within their own uh, within their their own technologies, for example. Uh, And then one of the other uh, important integrations that we have recently uh, established is one with IB Tech Lab and their transparency center. So integrating gold standard uh, data within the transparency center, which essentially means that companies can, well, DSPs essentially can factor in a company's gold standard um, Ah, certification status in Mm -hmm. their bidding decisions. and so, yeah, I think that's going to be continue to be a large focus for us for next year is around driving adoption of that and ensuring that it continues. Well, ensuring that it makes a difference uh, to companies who are who are taking the time to uh, adopt these best practices. Yeah, to- totally. It's a really, really good point. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tina. And thank you. for Thank you for coming back and joining us. Um, yeah. I-, I wanted to um, before we've got any questions from any of you out there, I just wanted to do that brilliant question of. Uh, if we're doing this in um, uh, 12 months time, what would you be talking about what we've done in, in 2022? Uh, Elizabeth, what's, what do you predict is going to be big for you next year in the world of research and measurement that you'll be talking about in a year's time? So I, th- I think there'll probably be two things that I'm quietly confident that we'll be talking about this time next year. I think firstly, going back to what we were talking about in um, earlier about ad spend, if uh, the half year was anything to go by and if the industry forecasts are correct then yeah. I think we'll be talking about a 20 billion pound 
digital advertising industry next year if not a full year then certainly I think by the time we are reporting our half year report for the first six months of next yeah. year because that looks like the way we're going so yeah we've been talking about 20 billion when it was only five years ago we were talking about 10 billion so that would be an interesting uh, yeah an interesting place for us to be in but what a great celebration it would be of the industry yeah, um, I think the other thing that's going to be really interesting for every not just the IB but all our members is to look at how do consumer habits settle post pandemic mm. we're still sort of in it we don't quite know exactly how all our device uses is going to sort of pan out yeah. you know there's going to be a bit of a hybrid of real world and digital world that continues so I think keeping an eye on that is going to be yeah big news for the industry next very, year very very good and if if going to work is anything to go by it's kind of feels like we're going to be able to no 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 we're not no we're not so it, it like yeah everything kind of feels like that's a really really good point um Christy, what about you? 12 months down the line, what's going to have happened? Well, I am certain we will still be talking about HSS. <laughs> <laughs> you say with such enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> the way the policy world goes. No, so, I mean, it's, you know, we, we've, we've said this a lot, but it, it's very true that, you know, the legislative process takes a right. long time. Uh, government is legislating for the HFSS ban in primary legislation. It's going through Parliament at the moment, but that just necessarily is not a quick process. Yeah. Um, so I think by you know this time next year, we hopefully the bill uh, will have passed through. We will still be looking at the details of secondary legislation and guidance, but we should hopefully be in a much clearer place uh, yeah. by then. Um, yeah, I think there'll still be some other recurring themes. I think we'll still be talking um, about some of the things we've already spoken about. No doubt next year we'll see and hear more from the ICO as they mm-hmm. continue their work. Uh, you know, they might say and do more uh, depending on how user ID solutions develop. Yeah. There'll be some other things as well that we've, we've not talked about yet, but, you know, might come to fruition next year. So um, potentially we'll see... Um, uh, some new legislation uh, making changes to the data protection framework, um, which the government consulted on recently. We may well also see um, new legislation to set up a digital markets unit, so um, kind of new um, approach to regulating competition in digital markets. Yeah. Um, who knows what else? Uh, I think the, the kind of future of, of digital advertising regulation will certainly a big, be a big part of what we do next year, both in terms of um, government proposals, but also in terms of work we're doing um, with the advertising regulator, the ASA. Yeah. Um, so we've got some uh, really interesting discussions going on with them as well about what the future looks like when it comes to digital advertising and and how um, how our members can can play their role in helping uh, to support advertiser compliance and ASA enforcement. So I think that'll be something for next year as well. Christy's probably the only one with their sort of fingers behind their back when we're talking about 20 billion, just thinking, God, I wish it was five again. Just just take the spot. Yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword, you know, with with that growth and and maturity of the industry comes the scrutiny and, you know, the need to to really look again at, you know, how it should be regulated. So 100%. Very, very good point. And Tina, Tina's final thought. Uh, what I mean, you're, you're going to be talking about lots of tech lab stuff uh, when it comes to next year. But where do you think we'll have got to on post cookies? Will we be post cookies by by the end of next year? Do you think? So, uh, well, Google's announcement pushed the deprecation of third party cookies uh, till 2023. So I think mm-hmm. we're still going to be very much talking about uh, post cookies uh, at the end. <laughs> of next 
here. Um, and uh, I think that, um, but I think gold standard obviously continues to remain a key focus for us in the UK. Um, and, and actually, I think that, um, you know, we will start to look at, um, well, one of the things that we're looking at here is around how we how we drive the adoption of these standards more globally. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I look forward to talking about uh, next year. Um, and I think that um, the conversation of uh, transparency will continue to be um, important mm-hmm. as well. And, and a big one is is just around measurement. I think that's a topic that just continues uh, to have like increased importance within the industry and within the space of ad tech. Yeah, hundred percent. And I still think whenever you, whenever we talk to advertisers and we ask, you know, what's stopping you spending more, it it, it, it always comes back to kind of measurement. And then you get into the measurement rabbit hole and you work out Elizabeth <laughs> doing a wry smile because there's so much within there, I guess, that you can look at. But it's a really, really good point. Thank you, the three of you, so much. If there's any questions that you've got for Tina, for Christy, for Elizabeth, you can uh, you can post them in the chat now. You can raise a virtual hand and ask them as if they were uh, here in person. But ju- just to leave you with a sense of what's coming next year. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. As I said at the start, our events are going to go back to being in person so engage is back uh, our leadership summit which is our two-day residential at the start of the year is going to come back and we've got a brand new uh, brand showcase which is going to be all about showing off the very best innovation the best performance uh, so those are going to be back and of course upfronts uh, as well um, our training uh, is going to continue to grow which we're going to roll out uh, for all members so whether it's measurement or whether it's legislation there'll be something there uh, for you um, Adnet Zero is uh, really important to us and we're very proud to be a part of that so our focus on uh, on sustainability and more broader um, topics around ethical advertising will continue um, uh, and uh, thinking about some new and emerging areas as well I mean Elizabeth talked about uh, the focus on the specialism weeks around connected TV, around things like e-com, gaming, audio, uh, they're all still going to be there. Of course, you know, we could be doing this one in the metaverse next year. Uh, there are things that are always moving and always changing. Uh, and of course, we will be uh, on top of them. And Tina mentioned about the gold standard. Um, the gold standard will continue to move on at pace. Uh, both from getting advertisers to support it, the companies that are certified. And we really, really, really want that uh, to make a difference. And then all of the stuff that you already know and love from the IAB, uh, everything from uh, our member vault through to the podcast, through to all of the various updates, the papers, uh, the groups that we run are all still going to be available to you. But I think there's always left for me to say is thank you very, very much. And slightly preemptive on the 7th of December to say happy Christmas. But um, thank you for all the support that you've given us this year. I hope that you've heard from Elizabeth, Christie and Tina that that really that there's not a lot we can do without your help. And it is so integral to the work we do, whether that's with government or building research or, or building standards. So thank you for that. Uh, I hope you get some time to relax over uh, the Christmas break and we shall see you renewed and refreshed in 2022 um go and check out some of the stuff on the site whether that's the sme tool or or some of the user id stuff on the hub that tina was talking about uh it's incredibly incredibly useful so here's to a brilliant 20 billion pound year next year said elizabeth lane from ib uk december 2001 uh, and we shall see you if not this year we'll see you next year but thanks for all your support this year bye-bye the iab uk podcast a trinity 
of IAB experts there in the shape of Elizabeth Lane, Christy Dennehy-Neal and Tina Lacani. And you can find absolutely everything we mention in this episode at IABUK.com. Just log in and use the search box in the top right-hand corner of your screen. And it's on our site that you'll be able to listen to all of the 100-plus podcast episodes we've ever recorded. And of course, you can also find them on whichever platform you get your podcasts from. It's the final episode of 2021. So with that, I say a massive, massive thank you to all of this year's guests and to every one of you that's listened, subscribed and downloaded. Wishing you all a very restful and hopefully non-locked down festive break. See you next year. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.